0: is the Power Adulting Podcast, where we are hunting down the experiences, struggles, and golden nuggets of wisdom from our helpful guests. Stay tuned for an exciting weekly adventure that uncovers practical tips, tools, and tactics to get you from stuck in the muck to smashing your way through life's toughest roadblocks.
1: reciprocity, reciprocity, reciprocally. I'm just kidding around, but it actually took me four tries to say that word right. This, though, is one of the greatest relationship tips you'll probably ever discover. Come along with Elle and I on a fascinating journey as we chat about the mysterious energy in relationships without reciprocity. Plus, three good ways to fix it. Other topics we touch upon are the art of humility, growing out of an old you, and the cleansing power of forgiveness. Also, make sure you don't skip the section on how to free yourself from the misery of being stuck.
0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Power Adulting Podcast. We are so thrilled you're joining us today in our dive into relationships. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about health. We talked about pursuing joy as a form of health, working on your inner self, inner work. We talked about nutrition, hormones, sleep, health being wealth, and really when you feel like crap, everything else seems to fall apart with it. And our Crappy first, health, crappy life. Oh my gosh, that's true. <laughs> and our episode, our first episode of the season talked about slowing down, which we've been doing in 2022. So now that we've moved forward from health, we are going to dive into relationships. If you missed any of those health episodes, they are only half hour episodes. So we're trying to keep it short and sweet this season, a little bit of a reflective season to try and do something a little different. So without further ado, let's dive into our episode on relationships. I'm ready. Me too. Let's yeah, go. Right. So I wanted to talk this week on a little different angle of relationships. I think we all have many different relationships in our life. We've got acquaintances, we've got co-workers, we've got friends, we've got family, and we've got everything in between. Right. Something as I've grown older is that I've realized is really important is the idea of reciprocity in a relationship. Do you know what reciprocity means?
1: I can hardly pronounce that. (laughs) It's fair. (laughs) Uh, I do kind of know a little bit about it. It's a give and a take.
0: Correct. That's a very short and sweet way to put it. And I believe in maybe not familial relationships because in my personal opinion, most family should be forever. I understand that there are circumstances where you need to get away from a family member because they are toxic for whatever reason. And that is totally understandable. But more generally, I would think family, there should be reciprocity, but you're kind of stuck with your family for the most part. but <laughs> Can for- we
1: find a different term than stuck? Blessed to be stuck are- with. Yeah, they are forever. <laughs>
0: but when you are an adult making friendships and getting rid of people in your life, I think something that is important is reciprocity. We really need to... Make sure that our relationships are reciprocal, because if they're not, one person is push, 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 trying to give, 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 and the other person's just soaking it all in, just taking it up. And yeah, it's not worth it. My dog is trying to escape. <laughs>
1: Dogs are happy. Mom is happy. Yes,
0: exactly. And I guess my dogs give me reciprocity.
1: Yes. Oh, so lots of waggy tails and kisses and legs. Exactly. And all sorts of stuff.
0: Um, but I've had an experience with multiple people in my life where I'm a giver. That's just who I am by nature. And sometimes to my own detriment. I'm a giver. And I'm learning to let go and let go of people who are not serving me, letting go of people who just don't align with my life. We're allowed to outgrow people and that's okay. I don't
1: think serving you is the right term, but they're taking more than they're giving or they're not giving back.
0: Yeah. It's just not worth it. Yes, And so I want to tell a story because I've only told a few close friends about this story, and I won't name any names. But I had a friend who was supposed to be my maid of honor, and I considered her a really, really close friend. And life hit her hard. She was away doing a really extensive education program, and she was working her butt off. She really was. And
1: And she's really a giving person in general. I mean, she helped you move. She did... Okay. I think she went above I guess maybe
0: I just have a bad taste in my mouth because of what happened.
1: Yeah, I think you do.
0: And so what happened was that she was supposed to be my maid of honor. And whoop-de-doo. Awesome, but I knew she was a distance away because of school and that she was a student, so finances might be tight. So like I knew that in the back of my head, but I was really understanding. I tried to be really transparent up front, just be like, tell me what's going on, let me know, I'll work with it. And lo and behold, the last six months before my wedding, I felt like something was off. Her she was just distant. It just felt like something was going on. And I was like, whatever. She's probably in the midst of all her education. I give people the benefit of the doubt always. That's just what I like to do. Because you never know what's going on in someone's life. Like life happens and life hurts and I understand and
1: I've often heard you can't figure out what somebody's motives are all you can figure out is what their actions
0: are Mm, I like that absolutely and I totally agree and so things were a little weird she wasn't contributing to the bachelorette party the way that she should have been due to the role she was in we understood because of her circumstances so other people picked up the slack cool we figured it out well about a month before the wedding I get an email Word document written in letter form telling me all these reasons why she couldn't be there. Wasn't mad. I was like, I completely understand. You are in this program. You've got a lot of money going into it. You don't have the funds to be able to do that totally understand. Like no hard feelings. I was super cool, even though there was no reciprocity building up to this. There had been six months without any reciprocity. Yeah, And I was like, cool, no big deal. Not going to stress about it. It's okay. Well, the bachelorette week came up, didn't hear anything from her. I had another bridesmaid who couldn't make it due to COVID reasons. She was very concerned for COVID reasons and she couldn't make it. But she called me during my bachelorette. She texted me. She wanted all the updates. She wanted to be a part of it. She wanted to make sure that I I knew she cared. She put in the effort. So I had really diametric people, like their actions were very opposed from each other, like complete opposite. So I got to see both sides of it.
1: Yeah, one was making efforts. Couldn't neither could be there, but one was making the efforts to do the best she could. And the maid under of the honor did not. Yeah.
0: And so I was like, whatever, she's probably busy, no big deal. Had a great time, was with the people I loved, like not even a bad feeling about it at all. Wedding day rolls around. I was like, okay, like again, the bridesmaid who couldn't make it reached out, congratulated me, was so excited, nothing. I heard nothing from the maid of honor. Zilch, silence, radio silence, everything. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm gonna give it a few weeks, Nothing about it. Three weeks later, I had heard nothing from her. No congratulations, no anything. And I was like, I don't expect very much, but lack of effort is what takes me off. And I was not mad about the circumstances or any of her reasons for not being there. I was frustrated that she wasn't putting in even the slightest bit of effort to reach out to her so-called best friend who just got married to the person that she's been in love with since she's known that person, like nothing. And so I reached out and I expressed my opinions. V- n- no, I never said a bad word about her. I just said, this is how I feel. This is what was going on. I deal with some abandonment issues because I had a best friend growing up in middle school who would up and disappear and move to a new state without <laughs> telling anyone, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> just disappear. Then she'd come back like a year later. Oh, Hey, and I was like, so I had some kind of like internal issues with that. I was like, bro, you abandoned me. <laughs> you 100% abandoned me as my maid of honor. And that was really frustrating. Abandoned me with radio silence.
1: Yeah. In today's day and age where you can text the text, voice message is messages. Less than like many. it could have
0: been a two sentence text, like anything. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't be there. I'm really happy for you. You yeah. know, anything. So I reached out and it was all excuses. And like, I did it. Life happened for her. And I wasn't blaming life. I wasn't blaming her not being there. I was frustrated because she did not have any sort of reciprocity in the relationship. She didn't try and give even a little bit, even a text message, nothing. And so honestly, I unfollowed her and I deleted her from my followers because it was really toxic for me. I was like, oh, three weeks later, Now you're in California. You had a 12-hour flight and now you're in California. And you couldn't send me a message in those 12 hours that you were sitting on a plane. It was like- I didn't know that part. Yeah. And it was just really frustrating. And so I think in relationships, if there is not a reciprocal relationship, if there's not a give and a take, it's not worth your time. It's really toxic. It hurts your spirit. You feel worthless because you're like, I gave- this to you because I valued your friendship, and yet you won't, I give you a mile and you won't give me an inch. I don't expect even reciprocity. I don't think that's acceptable because life happens and everybody has different circumstances, but effort, even the slightest bit of effort. And so it's their loss, not mine. Like they lost a friend who would have been there for them through thick and thin. They lost a friend who would have given up anything to support them in their hour of need. And if they don't see the value in that kind of a friendship, it's not worth my time. It's not worth losing sleep over. It's not worth being frustrated over. If she ever came back and apologized, I'd 100% accept it. I don't hold any grudges. I'd say I appreciate the apology, but I don't know if I could allow myself to get as close with you again. But like, I'm always here for you.
1: Yeah. But it's a hard situation. Yeah, And there are a lot of families. like this. So this was a friend. There are a lot of families like that where somebody just... Goes off the deep end, yeah. uh, more or less. And it's it's sad.
0: It's okay to cut them off, though.
1: It is okay to cut them off. Yes. For uh, you your best interest. Be I think you might need to work on forgiveness. Uh, but
0: she's forgiven. She was forgiven from the moment it happened. I just didn't want to be reminded that she didn't care about me by seeing any of her social media. That was a yeah. constant reminder to me that I'm not worth your time, but you will put time into social media, but not send me a message.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's quite my definition of forgiveness. I once heard on Focus on the Family that it was a doctor I had an interesting term on, and uh, on forgiveness, that forgiveness is not feeling any hurt or anima, I don't know about hers, but any animosity towards that.
0: And how would you define animosity?
1: I can still hear anger in your voice Uh, with that. I don't know how you don't give some anger. Uh, And it's not. I guess, uh, so his definition probably said it wrong. I wasn't prepared as well as I should have been. Most people say, oh, I forgive you, but then they want to hurt the other person back. And you do not.
0: No, absolutely not. But you just
1: don't want to be hurt anymore. Correct. So I think you're in a pretty solid shape as far as that goes. As long as you could let her back in, I don't know if she'd have to apologize, but I can certainly see where you wouldn't have the high level of trust that you had for a maid of honor. You wouldn't want to put yourself out there like that for a long, long time. And that's what a lot of families, you know, this person has messed up. So bad for so long without any remorse.
0: But wasn't it like? I feel like you told me this growing up that when you're raising, say, a kid, we're transitioning here, when you're raising a kid. You need to say 10 nice things before you say a negative. Isn't that the same with trust? That you need to show trust 10 times to make up for one piece of broken trust?
1: Yeah, it's really hard because, yeah, you're right. And that's why I'm saying you can't put the same amount of trust until... If they were
0: to demonstrate that they truly wanted a reciprocal relationship and then I would be open to it. Connor would not agree with me, but I
1: would be open to it. It depends on how contrite their heart is. Mm. Uh, You know, that whole remorse. Are they just saying, I'm sorry, to appease appease you, or or make them feel better, or whatever. The Bible talks about the contrite heart of David, who messed up royally, Mm. committed adultery, King David, committed murder to cover up the adultery, but then God speaks of him as a man after God's own heart hmm. because he, he, he would repent. He knew how much he had hurt God and obviously these other people uh, and so on. Uh, that that remorse, uh, and it's not just words out of your mouth, it's got to be deep felt. God, uh, how could I do such a thing is uh, kind of the way David would look at it. How could I? I was in the midst of this but you think about your depressive moments and how depressed you were. You could do some, I don't think you did, maybe no. you did, uh, but you could have done some pretty shitty things. Totally. And that's
0: why like, I have no, I, I'm not bitter at any of the circumstances surrounding it. I'm frustrated at the lack of reciprocal communication, any bit of effort being shown. It's like, I just needed a sliver, a tiny bit, and I got nothing. And I guess my big takeaway from this is that relationships require work, but acquaintanceships don't.
1: <laughs> that's a good so, and Acquaintanceships. I've never heard that term before. But
0: So relationships require work and acquaintanceships don't. And yeah. like that's okay with me. So it's your inner circle should be people who are willing to have that give and take. And if your inner circle is not giving and taking in a way that makes you feel respected,
1: it's not worth your time. And it comes back to that boundaries that we talked earlier, as far as some of us are givers, to the extent where we are enablers, overgivers, to Absolutely. the point where we're trying to make it happen when it's not there, right? Yeah. Clearly, when sh- the letter was typed out to you, it was done. At that, uh, she, you yeah. know, she, she was struggling to even get that out to make it that formal of a thing, but then never to contact again. As far as it's over, it's almost like a. A breakup, even though it—that's what
0: it felt like. It did, and I don't have any sourness towards it. But I think it was just a lesson for me in who I want to bring into my life, and really making sure that I want to go through something like that with somebody else. You know, like there's always the possibility that's going to happen again. Maybe not in the same scenario, but people. Let us down. And that's okay. People are bound to let us down. We're human. And I totally, totally understand. But I guess it's trust can be a really easy thing to give when there's nothing holding you back, when you don't have a prior history. But like making sure that people that you are trusting you're okay with them breaking your heart. Because that's what trust is. It's You're giving a piece of yourselves to them. Right. And you're saying, here, hold this piece of me because I value us so much. And I appreciate you in my life. Here's this piece of me. And it hurts when it gets just totally destroyed.
1: Yeah, yeah I'm with you 100% there. I just wanted to clarify the forgiveness is that most times from what this Doctor was saying on the focus on the family thing is that we're still so hurt that we want to get back at them. Uh, and that's not true forgiveness. No, no it's not. Forgiveness- I would never wish
0: ill will on anyone who is, I've hurt or has ever hurt me ever. Yeah. Like that is not. And I guess this teaches me a little bit about grief because I had to grieve the loss of this friendship
1: because. Hmm, that's an interesting take.
0: When it. Dissipated really quickly. It went from a real closeness to just being ghosted pretty much. Yeah. I got one letter in writing, in, in ty- a typed out letter.
1: In six months.
0: In six months. Yeah. And then I got ghosted. And I had to grieve this friendship that I thought.
1: That you had invested in. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That I absolutely had invested in. And that was really challenging, but grief is normal. And I think we need to normalize grief a little more in everyday situations because grief isn't just about when you lose a parent. Grief is you can grieve an old part of you. Like a decade ago, I was a different person and I had to learn to grieve that person that is no longer here, but they once were. They once were a big part of my life. Yeah. Just like this friend that was once a big part of my life. I had to grieve the loss of that friendship.
1: That's a good way of looking at it too. You grew in this process. You're kind of grieving the loss of the old self, even though you're a better you totally. uh, at this point in time. And you, the seasons that we talk about in the mm. first episode, there's a season for each relationship. Yes. And sometimes it's hard to let go of those. And we keep holding on to something that the other person just doesn't want to reciprocate. Yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so I think reciprocity has just been something for me that has been like a, a marker, a standard that I seek in relationships and in any kind of relationship other than work relationships, because that's just a, you're forced into being in a congregated right. place with one another, but relationships that I choose, I just want to make sure that they're reciprocal because my energy is precious. And if I'm spending my energy on somebody who doesn't value that, they're just throwing my energy away. And that's hard earned energy. Like I, I had to fill my cup up and I chose to give from my cup to you right. because I valued that relationship. And if you just spit on it and stomp on it, I need to make sure that I am guarding my heart and right. I'm guarding my relationships.
1: Yeah, because once more, as you said, relationships take work, acquaintanceships do don't. not. Don't. And it takes so much work. We don't, we don't realize what a marriage takes to make it work. That's why so many of them fail. It takes work. So if you're letting some of your work or energy mm-hmm. be wasted on something that's not coming back to work together, then something else. You've only got limited amount of energy uh, that you can have. So something's got to give. And so was, I see your point. And
0: I found that same thing happening when I moved to a new city was, oh, okay. I'm here with my partner. Cool. But like, I want to have friends, right? That's important. And it felt like almost a full-time job to find friends that I wanted to spend time with. I used Facebook groups and different things. and I was very grateful to connect with some amazing humans, but... After about like five people, I had to just stop and be like, I'm not looking for any more friends because I don't have enough in my tank to give to you for this to be able to be a reciprocal relationship. You gotta spend at least some time every month together with that person in order for it to grow and blossom into a strong relationship. And so I know some of my friendships here are a little weaker. Some are a little stronger, but we only have so much time.
1: Yeah. I had heard at one point in time, as far as that's kind of the fallacy of social media Mm. is uh, that you can only really a few close friends, but acquaintances, you can only handle about a hundred. Yeah, Maybe it's slightly more than that. I don't remember exactly. Keeping
0: what that, up is so hard. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, you know, when you've got a thousand friends on Facebook or whatever, it's just so, such a flawed system. And they
0: become more shallow and shallow of relationships because. And it they,
1: sucks away from your core relationships.
0: Absolutely. Well, I just wanted to recommend people who found this talk interesting. I just needed to get this off my chest. And this is something that I've learned in the last year is that reciprocal relationships should be what you're aiming for. There's always going to be flaws in the system and there's always going to be people who say are so connected to you but they're not reciprocal that you can't let go I understand but for my joy and my happiness and my overall positive outlook on life reciprocal relationships is huge and Sydney Smith was an amazing person that talked about your energy she shared about different energies and different wavelengths and being connected with people on a different level and so she would be a great resource if you were looking for some other episode to learn more about this. You've been experiencing this yourself because we all experience this. And definite- she had
1: some different takes on thing, the things that I do uh, yes. as well. So uh, it was kind of fascinating to hear her side of things.
0: Yeah. She was saying to protect your energy it was like really huge. And I've found that was hugely important for me to be able to heal through my own personal burnout and find the people in my inner circle that I want to dedicate time to.
1: I do want to kind of differentiate mar- a marriage relationship versus the relationships you were talking about today. In my opinion, and I think yours and Connor's, as well as our family, marriage is forever, yeah. uh, and that forgiveness is a tough thing, but it has to somehow happen. Uh, loving your enemies is no easy challenge. But to-
0: reciprocity in marriages is huge too. There is a give and a take. And that's right. so important for everyone to feel heard and respected in a marriage is that kind of reciprocity. But there's going to be flaws. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And if you're expecting the other person to give as much as you want, you are have unrealistic expectations. And
0: I agree with you that you can't change anybody else. And that is... Totally okay. Like people who have hurt me, or if I've ever hurt other people, we can't change each other. We can only change ourselves. And so if we're just focusing on how we can be more reciprocal in our own relationships or how we can separate ourselves from people who are not, it's only on us. People aren't going to change.
1: I disagree. I didn't disagree a few months ago uh, or maybe a year ago until I heard a position. I forget. It it was a leadership book. Okay. And I agree to an extent, you know, we sit here fighting, trying to get the other person to be what we want them to be. Sure. That's that's destined to. But if they want to change. Yes. But he said that leadership is all about helping people.
0: Ooh, like inspiring change.
1: Yes, uh, that a good leader can come in and turn around a company that's in the stinker because he totally, he or she, totally changes the perspective and mindset of the people. So he has totally changed a hundred or a thousand people in that company to see a vision that he's presenting. So I see that. Uh, so I agree to an extent with what you're saying, but leadership is helping people change.
0: Okay. That's fair enough. Well, (laughs) enough
1: of that. That wasn't the subject we were talking about.
0: That's okay. We're, We're here. We're flowing. We're going. And we wanted to discuss that area of grief a little bit more next week because Dave was quite surprised that grief doesn't just apply to people who have died. Grief is much bigger and broader than that. Grief applies to many different areas. And so we're going to discuss grief and the importance of grief. If you aren't grieving, you are stuck. And if you aren't grieving, you just aren't moving past it. You aren't accepting it. And so that's where we're going to be going next week. We are very excited that you are here with us along this journey of these life lessons that You really don't learn in school. You learn through trial and error and through pain and hardship, you know?
1: And dozens and dozens of experts who have helped us uh, over the last few seasons. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So we are in this together. Life is not easy. Adulting is not easy. But it does get easier with a community. And we are so grateful that you're a part of our community.
1: Yes. So we are absolutely grateful. That's the joy that we talked about in the last session. And so until next week, and we bring you more joy? Better your best you, everyone.
0: Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week on the Power Adulting Podcast.